The 2019 college football season has come and gone. LSU wraps up a historic run, 15-0 national champions after they hang a 42 spot on Clemson in the national title. And we're here to share with you what we've learned in 2019 and the first two weeks of 2020. Good well, good, good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever it is good when you're listening to you. this. Welcome to you. Welcome to all of us. It's the College Football News Podcast. Nick Shepkowski, Pete Futek. What's up, Pete? Good welcome to everyone, America. Yes, uh, well, it's off. Happy off season. Now we have eight months to try to figure out what's going to happen next, and then it's just going to probably be SEC team Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma in the college football playoff again. Anyway, yeah, there are a couple things that we will have to get to. There's going to be a couple p- big pieces of news, massive pieces of news to get to, and that's my grand takeaway from 2019: is that you can love it, you can hate it. You can't convince me that the transfer portal and the rules that were put in place didn't make college football a better sport in 2019 because of it. Kind of hard to argue against it when you're looking at the quarterbacks who are out there. Jalen Hurts, transfer. Joe Burrow, transfer. Justin Fields, transfer. And so three of the biggest quarterbacks of the season and three of the biggest teams, all because they got a chance to to move on and, and be better. And that's that's really what the college football is going to be about right now is who's going to get that top quarterback to come to their school and not to foreshadow what to our next segment we'll do with what are we looking forward to 2020. Problem is we don't know what we're looking forward to 2020 because we don't know where all the pieces are going to land. But remember last year at this exact time, as we're talking right now, Jalen Hurts was still kind of out there. I don't think he signed quite yet, but it was about a year ago at this last time. And it, it gets crazy when these big teams get the big guys. Yeah, it works out huge that way. I know that on, was it Wednesday morning or early afternoon, Lincoln Riley tweeted out the eyeball looking to the side emoji, and people were wondering, oh, is Derek King going to go be Oklahoma's quarterback and be a number one pick and be a Heisman Trophy winner or finalist with Oklahoma next year? It's that part of it. It's interesting now. It wasn't a thing forever and now, I mean, you look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow puts up as good of a year as any college football player has had in any of the 150 years college football has been around. You, that part goes with it. You see Jalen Hurts go to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. You go and see Justin Fields be outside of Joe Burrow, maybe the best quarterback in all of college football this year, and be within one one miscommunication with the receiver and maybe taking his team to a national title. And Trevor Lawrence appearance. is actually more talented than all of them. Right, and that's the part. It's crazy. Like, Trevor Lawrence is the guy that's going to be the runaway number one pick a season from now, but then he has a reality check against an LSU team that uh, that it, it proved a lot of doubters wrong. And another thing I guess I learned is that, as absurd as it sounds, you can overhaul an entire offense in one off season because that thing went from being pretty average at best, Joe Burrow being, eh, he's okay. He's kind of a guy. Maybe he's a fourth or fifth-round pick. And now the Cincinnati Bengals are the dumbest organization in the history of sports if they don't take him number one overall in April. Well, the crazy part about it is is we keep forgetting that these are kids. And the the stat that I love is that the – Heisman Trophy winner and national championship winner is older than the NFL MVP. He's older than Lamar Jackson. He's three years older than Trevor Lawrence. And what happens is when you get these guys who uh, they're in the system for a while and they all say the same thing, everything just slows down. There's a, there's a whole other maturity level. As good as these guys are 
right out of the box, as good as Justin Fields is, as good as Trevor Lawrence was as a true freshman, and as mature as these guys are right away, there is a massive difference between being 18 years old and being a 23-year-old guy who's been around the block, who kind of knows the system. Look, you know, Burl, Burl never really went to class. I mean, he, he didn't have to. He took all his classes online. He didn't actually go into a physical classroom. So there's a lot of other distractions that are away from this. And then it also helps when you've got a matured NFL receiving core full of 6'4", 220-pound power forwards who just can go up and grab everything. And it just all clicked in a one awesome season that was just that ended in a, a wild and crazy offensive performance for the ages over these last couple of weeks. Yeah, it was that. I mean, it was an awesome culmination of, of all of that, of the national championship game, whether it was the 49th spot they hung on Oklahoma in the in the semifinal in the Peach Bowl, whether it was hanging 37 on a Georgia team that didn't allow that all season long, it just was awesome to watch. And now you see all the departures for LSU making themselves available to go to the NFL draft. I don't blame any of them for it. It just was kind of all right for the longest time in football history. Good defenses beat good offenses. Eventually you get caught up to, and it seemed like in the first half the other night, the old adage was going to be true. Man, whether it was Venables, whether it was Isaiah Simmons, he was all over the field. Clemson had a what looked like a great game plan. They rattled Joe Burrow, who hadn't been rattled all season long, and then by halftime they allowed 21 points in, what, six minutes or seven minutes that it was. They trail going to the half. They get a couple of stops out of the gate, and then sure enough, LSU added again. I think it was just it was a joy to watch. It was fun to watch. And I think that's something that I learned, too, is that it's not just a fluke that you're seeing the best quarterbacks playing in the college football playoff and succeeding in the college football playoff anymore. It's turning more of like your NFL for the past 20 years, that if you're going to win big, you better have one of the absolute dudes at that position because if you don't, the difference between being elite there and being even good, not great there, is a giant one. Yeah, and I like the game plan also by Clemson is why don't we put the ball inside the three-yard line on the first couple possessions for Joe Burrow and see what he can do with it. What drove me crazy about that game, and you, you kind of mentioned, well, defense wins championships, run the ball, you know, do all the things that the old school thing. They, at both sides, actually, it drove me actually up to a wall that neither one would just – hand it off. Just go back and hand it off to your guy. I thought there were a couple times during that game when it looked like LSU kind of needed to, to get the tempo back, to get the momentum back. This is where you, you use your great offensive line. It looked like Clemson was wearing down. Clemson wore down at the end of the first half. They got into the locker room and they came out again after the three-hour halftime. They were charged and they were right back in the game and they wore down again. And it was killing me as a lover of the running game. I wanted to see them just hand it off to Edwards Hilaire, who was killing them. Same like I wanted to see Clemson keep handing off to Travis Etienne. And both teams just refused. They were like, we've got NFL number one overall draft pick quarterbacks. We're going to use them, and we're going to forget about this whole running game thing that the old school guys like to talk about. And how do you argue with what they did? I mean, how do you argue with how it worked for LSU? For Clemson, I think if they look back at this game plan and say, what could they have done different? I think they should have been able to hand it off to Travis Etienne a little bit more and just try to control the tempo, control the clock, keep their offense on the field, especially when Trevor Lawrence was starting to throw worm burners and he was starting to get <laughs> a little off as that game went on. Yeah, I thought that was part of it, no doubt about that part of it. So what else did we learn in 2019? Transfer portal, pretty cool. Having a quarterback, 
not a fluke that you're winning national championships and winning college football playoff games. What else are the grand takeaways from 2019 that will apply for 2020 and the great beyond? I, I'm going to go with the, the, the kind of boring theory because all things revolve around the SEC, and they certainly did this offseason where they basically won every bowl except for Auburn losing to Minnesota and Mississippi State turtling. But you, it's a proof, you can be really, really awesome in the SEC, and it means nothing. Alabama was fantastic. Uh, Auburn was really good. Florida was out of this world good. Georgia was great. And it meant absolutely nothing because you got that one killer up top that just destroys everyone. That's That was LSU for years and years and years. So they could put together these great teams, and it just didn't seem to matter because Alabama would end up going off to win, play for the national championship. And it just get the schedule, schedule, schedules. There is a massive difference between having a bad day and a bad game against a Florida or an LSU or a Georgia and having a bad day against uh, Nebraska, uh, Purdue, or a bad day against, you know, Stanford. It just, it, that conference continues to crank out so much talent and so many good teams. And you, it's just hard to do. It's gonna, That's why I don't think LSU can match this. This was, that's why the pressure was on for them to win this because they could be like Georgia of a couple years ago where they had their chance. Georgia didn't take advantage of it. LSU just did. Auburn was able to take advantage of its chances uh, in 2010. So you got to take those shots. You got to you got to hit it when you get your shot. When it's your turn in the SEC, and this year it was LSU's turn. Yeah, LSU's turn. A historic offense. They take advantage of Joe Brady. Their one year with him as he's off to the NFL now as well. I mean, one of the most sought after coordinators I can remember in the college ranks goes and not even being a coordinator to getting the OC job with the Carolina Panthers. An incredible rise for him. An incredible year for him. He's Pete. You're gonna, wait, you're gonna mock me here. I, I will. I'm, I always do. And as well, you should. Really, his he's. I know everyone's in love with Joe Brady, but really, his offense was, hey, let's put Joe Burrow back, let's let him throw it to the catching radius way down the field to their six four receivers, and good things are going to happen. And sure enough, they kept happening over and over and over again. I don't, I don't think he necessarily reinvented a wheel, but it's hard to argue with the most historically great season in college football history. But at the same time, I, I, I I'm not going to say it's that everyone can do it, but it certainly worked. But I, I don't know. I'm not ready to sit here and think like, uh-oh, Joe Brady's suddenly going to take the Carolina Panthers with the great Matt Rule to the Super Bowl next year. Oh, I don't think so either. It's just, I, th- I think it's fascinating. You see LSU for the longest time. Oh, if they could have an offense or they could have a quarterback. And I mean, in one offseason, they take Joe Burrow from being a guy, fine, you can do a lot worse than Joe Burrow to legendary status, uh, historic offense, average almost 50 points each time out, like ridiculous numbers they put up. Not saying it's all him. I don't think it's all him whatsoever, but definitely played a part in that, and I think it speaks to the the volume of like Ed Orgeron gets made fun of because, oh, he's a Louisiana guy, and, oh, he's backwoods, he's a Bayou guy. He's clearly forward-thinking and realizing, yeah, not going to win big with the offense that they have. They overhaul the entire thing, and what you get is a downright historic 15-0 and team. Do you, you have to take him number one overall? Are you a thousand percent sold that he's a be all end all NFL quarterback? No, but I mean, how many guys are you ever that sold on? Andrew Luck is on that yeah. list. Peyton Cam. Manning's on that list. Cam Newton's Trevor on Lawrence. that list. Trevor Lawrence will be on that list going into next year's draft. There's not many, but in terms of for, for this year, do I take him and feel better about him than like? <sighs> yes, I do. I do. Like I feel Seriously? better about him than I did about Tua. <laughs> 
a year ago, I had questions about Tua, and it wasn't oh, all health Tua. concern. If he's healthy, he's it. But he can't stay healthy, so that's kind of a problem. I, I'm kind of a quarterback schmorterback guy now. Like you can freaking win in the NFL with you. you I'm going to dog what you said before. You can <laughs> win in the NF in my NFL with Ryan Tannehill now. Okay, so you, you can't win with Mitchell Trubisky, but you you can win with you know Kyle Allen too for a few games or Gardner Minshew for a few games. You can't win big, but uh, it certainly helps to have the guys. But uh, there's so many quarterbacks out there right now and look at what's behind him i i'm gonna amend this and i'm gonna completely dismiss what i'm about to say probably in three months from now but when you've got chase young you got isaiah simmons you've got all this historically great receiver talent like jerry judy coming right behind him joe burrow had better be phenomenal yeah he, he better be but, I mean, you can't possibly, if you're the Bengals, you have to take that. You've been stuck in the Andy Dalton thing for 10 years, and you're still waiting for your first playoff win since the early 90s. He's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. That's what we learned in 2019. So much more we to come. We didn't learn anything, basically, is what we is what we just came to the conclusion of. Yeah, nothing we didn't at least have a pretty good idea of, but maybe it further confirmed what we believed. That's We're just not very smart, I think. Maybe that's what it is. Well, just don't tell people that, but I fully agree with what you're saying. That's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. It's a college football.